0: Welcome back to another episode of With Sonar. I'm your host, Luke Velasco. This is the first episode of the year 2022. We are excited to be back. It was a great 2021, which we are going to look at, and it is going to be an even brighter 2022. And we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Greg Gentile. Greg, thanks so much for joining us. And, uh, Craig, for for those who are watching, I'm sorry. I don't mean to throw you into the bus, but you are, Craig number two here at Freightways, you know, our, our our founder and chief Craig Fuller is 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 Craig number one, but hopefully that doesn't go against you.
1: Yeah, no, it's um it's something I'm getting used to. Oftentimes in meetings, I'll hear Craig said this, or I know Craig thinks this, and it takes me a second because usually I'll like I have no idea what they're talking about right now. So, but uh, yeah, no, thanks for having me on, Luke. I appreciate it, and uh, excited to be on the program
0: today. Absolutely. No, it's a good thing. I mean, I remember two companies ago, uh, I used to work at a company and I was the first Luke who worked there, uh, got in pretty early. And then about a year and a half after I started working there, they hired a new CEO and his name is Luke. And I got demoted to Luke number two. So at least you came in as Craig number two. But I came in as Luke number one, and I actually got demoted down. So, you know, I've, uh, I've been in your shoes and worse. So we won't hold against you, but Craig, you know, thanks for joining us. Um, you know, we got a lot to talk about today and we're going to hit those things, but let's, uh, you know, give, this is your first time on with Sonar, uh, give the folks a little background, the 32nd background, on who Craig is.
1: Well, yeah, I, uh, so, um, been at Freightways for about six months now. Um, prior to that, I had, uh, 14 years of experience in the, uh, brokerage world, worked at Echo for about 12 and a half years as a broker. And then, uh, two smaller brokerages after that. So a lot of experience on, on that side of the business. And uh, like, you know, like I said, excited to be here. Um, I think this, uh, our product's great. Obviously I'm a little bit biased, but uh, uh-huh. you know, I think it uh, r- really fills a void in the market as far as uh, visibility goes. And so excited to be part of the team and uh, even more excited to, uh, to, to make it on screen. Now that was kind of a, uh, a long-term goal of mine when i joined the company so
0: so here i am any and all are welcome on the screen with me well we're glad you're here craig it's been a good journey i know you've seen a lot just in the the few short months that you've been here things have changed already and it looks like things are going to change again um craig let's take a step back you've been in the industry for a long time okay um you know based on your experience have you uh and we and the last really like let's call it two years okay we had a full year with the uh, with uh, with COVID under our belts in twenty twenty one and how that was really impacting the free market. And you know, so let's lump twenty twenty one and twenty twenty or and twenty twenty together. Apart from that, in your fourteen years experience, have you ever seen a market as volatile as the one we, we were in? You
1: know, I don't think that was I've ever seen a market as volatile. Um I you know there's definitely been swings there. I think what was that like two thousand you know, two thousand eighteen was Yeah. Hundred eight or you know the hundred eighty degree opposite of kind of where we're at now, where everything was so inexpensive. Um, You know, as far as being a broker, that was a a a really difficult time um, to to kind of grow and and get new business. So um, we've seen big swings like this, I would say, Um, but I think the prolonged um, you know demand that we're seeing now, I I think that's the big difference. And you know, I, I think. You know, the next question might be, well, what, uh, you know, how does it get fixed or, you know, what what does the outlook look like for the future? And, you know, to me, I think it goes back to the the truck shortage and the chip shortage, right? Because in the past when demand increases, then the market's kind of flooded with new capacity and, you know, it kind of auto-adjusts. And I think right now the biggest issue that we're seeing is that, Uh, we're not seeing enough trucks and new trucks and, you know, used trucks out in the market for the market to readjust. So that's, uh, that's kind of my two cents on it.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a lot of things, right. I mean, it's hard to point to one thing too, right. There's a lot of things that have impacted the market. I think it would be hard pressed to say that, that this, this, you know, in 2018, like you mentioned, Ryan, I think that was a really big supply crunch that hit the market. There was a capacity shortage, right. But a lot right. of that was due to, to various reasons, whether there weren't enough drivers, the, the ELDs. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen, right? In, in this right. market, it seems to be that the demand has what's, is what's driven the capacity shortage, right? I mean, you've got, you know, all-time high, you know, tender volumes. You've got, you know, record-breaking imports coming into the U.S. I mean, just the, there's so much demand there. And like we said, right, uh, capacity cannot keep up. Let's go ahead and look at something here. I want to let's throw this chart up on the screen for folks to take a look at. This is the this is 2021 in review. So 2021 here, um, you know, blue line for those that are looking is truckload volume over the last uh, 365 days plus the first week of 2022. So we're cheating just a little bit. And then the orange line there is again the last year plus the first week of 2022 uh, for tender rejection. So For those of you who don't know, the blue line there, basically, the higher that number goes, the more the volume is, the lower it is, the less volume there is. And then that uh, orange line there for tender rejections, higher that number goes, the uh, harder it is for shippers to cover their loads because carriers are rejecting loads. The lower that number is, the easier it is for carriers or for shippers to cover the loads because carriers are accepting them more often. Um, So... uh, Sitting currently at about uh, 22.7% there is that orange line uh, of loads being rejected. Massive amount, uh, very high. And that's come up quite a bit over the last week and a half, which you would expect going into December and end of the year. Um, as uh, a lot of carriers, you know, are trying to get home for Christmas, New Year's, so they, they pull some of their capacity off the road. Um, but that, that those are some big swings there. We had a massive swing there in February and March, big sh- shot up. Then we kind of hung out there for a little bit. Then we had a slow descend down. I say descend down. We got soft there relative to how tight it was. We didn't actually get soft. And then now we we sprung board back up. So it'll be interesting to see if that maintains, goes flat, dips down, keeps heading up. So, Um, But uh, Craig, what was your experience kind of seeing all this, um, you know, coming into freight waves, knowing what you know about the uh, freight world? You know, what were you hearing when you were talking to folks as well? Yeah, I mean... A lot of,
1: <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's no mystery what's going on right now. So, um, you know, a lot of some of the things that you just touched on there, that um, demand is just extremely high right now and um, that, you know, rates are rates are through the roof yeah. um, and that there's, you know, there's no real uh, end in sight as far as, you know, what's what's the all time fix. I think that, you know, you touched on a couple of good points. Number one, that um, the inbound, uh, you know, inbound TEUs are, are not letting up here. So, um, you know, I think that what we're seeing now is going to be what we're going to see in 2022. Um, and that, you know, if you were expecting things to normalize, in my opinion, uh, it's probably going to be, you know, Q2 2023 um, or, you know, even maybe going to q Uh, three of 2023 before we see things kind of flatten out a bit. Um, You know, when you brought up your chart there, we did see rejections um, uh, kind of, uh, uh, you know, normally there's a correlation between volumes and rejections. Right. And then we did see rejections fall a little bit there, even as um, volume stayed constant um, through 2021. Uh, You know, that was obviously the contract rates, Rising and, and kind of coming up to spot rates. So, um, like I said, if you're a shipper uh, for the next year, I would expect more of the same. Um, if you're a carrier, kudos to you. It's going to be a good year, in my opinion. And yeah. and and you know, brokers, it's uh, it's it's going to be a
0: wild one. So they have to they have to adjust. Uh, definitely, right? You know, you talk about getting back to normal, and I think you're right. But one of the challenges is what does that normal look like, right? When we when we come out of this, it might look a little bit different. I've been talking to some shippers, Craig, and I'm hearing a lot more of, yeah, we're we're, we're moving away from our annual bid. Or we're, we're doing an annual bid, but we're also doing, you know, we're also kind of doing a lot more spot freight where we hand stuff out and we, it goes to bid constantly. Or we're, we're shifting more to quarterly bids or monthly bids. We just want somebody to lock in rate right for a month. That's it. And then we'll, we'll reset. Um, or, you know, we're, we're going to play the spot market now or at least like 30% of our freight we're going to play the spot market with as, a, as opposed to having like 95% acceptance on, on contract tenders. So um, it, it's interesting to see how that this dynamic is shifting and brokers are having to, are having to shift to that. Carriers are having to shift, although market seems to be going to them right now, so they're, they're doing well. Um, but uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly what that new normal looks like. But I, I think um, Craig, and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this. Um, you know, there's, I, I think i think shorter term bids would benefit everybody um moving forward what do you what are your thoughts on that is is the annual bid dead or maybe dead's a strong word but is it is it outdated do we need to do we need to revamp
1: yeah i mean that's um definitely something that's uh you know a, a hot topic that i hear from um shippers as you know as I'm talking to them in my day to day you know i do think that coming out of come you know coming into Pre-pandemic, that shippers had so much leverage um, as far as you know contract negotiations and, and those yearly rates, and so I, I do I don't think that the annual bid is dead. Um, I do think that right now carriers are kind of gaining back some of what they lost in the in these pre-pandemic in the pre-pandemic market. So. Um, I don't think that the annual bid is dead. Um, I, I do think that there's still value in the annual bid. Um, I just think that more than anything, and like I said, I kind of, we kind of see it in the charts a little bit when we see volume stay the same or even rise a little bit with rejection, you know, with rejections dropping. I, I just think that, uh, you know, overall, and obviously I'm biased because I come from the broker side of things, but I think, uh, you know, shippers just need to be a little bit more realistic. They can't lock in a ninety cent, uh, you know, per mile cross country for a year and, and expect accept, you know, ninety five percent acceptance on something like that. So I think everyone's expectations need to adjust a little bit. Um, and, and you know, but the annual bid, is is obviously it's tried and true. It's been in the market for years, and I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon.
0: Yeah, I think you you make you make a valuable point, Craig. Right? You know, there's it, it's one thing to say you know maybe the annual bid, um, relying on that solely. Maybe that that's a little outdated. But to to probably throw it to the curb completely is we're we're probably not there yet. And some businesses might actually might it might make sense to to keep doing the annual bid. Um, I've talked to some shippers. I do get mixed opinions. Some say no, we're still we're good with that. Others say no, we're playing the spot market. Some others are in between uh the two extremes so it'll be interesting to see but yeah i don't think there's going to be a one-size-fits-all come out of, come out of all this uh, and we're definitely seeing some some changes um you know something that i think is is going to be um interesting to see i guess as we go forward you know we th- there's a lot more visibility a lot more tech coming into the scene right you know we you know we have phrase we've launched a lot of tools here uh sonar is one that we launched a few years back but i mean the sonar today looks nothing like the sonar did a couple of years ago uh, with a lot of new real-time tools, obviously Project 44 is doing uh, a lot of things as well. There's a, there's a lot of folks out there, a lot of tools to help automate and provide visibility. Um, do you have any insights, anecdotally, of course, because uh, it's hard to know where the future is going? But you know, what are what are what do you, what do you think you know shippers, brokers, cares, what what do they want to see in terms of visibility, um, you know, for the future? What do you think will ben- benefit them?
1: That's a great question. Um, you know, not to uh, once again show my
0: bias, but
1: uh, I think that uh, you know the Sonar platform provides a lot for for everybody that's interested. What I love about Sonar and what definitely drew me to Freight Waves a little bit is that you know it's really it's an unbiased look at what's ha- what capacity movements and demand look like in the market, and you know it's a tool that obviously. Um, it doesn't give one person the advantage or one segment of the market the advantage, you know, meaning that it doesn't give shippers a, a leg up on, so, um, you know, brokers a leg up on carriers. It, it's, you know, really just a, a clear view of what conditions are like in the market, which allows you to, you know, make better decisions in the near term. And then also, you know, help you forecast what, you know, what market conditions are looking like in the future. So, Um, You know, I, I'd like to see everyone using Sonar, (laughs) but, um, but, you know, I, I I think that um, overall that, you know, the, what we're seeing and and what's going to be helpful for everyone in the market is to, to see what's going on outside your walls, right. To understand and you understand and know what you're, what's happening within your, uh, you know, within your company, but this, you know, the view of, what's happening in the market? How is it affecting me? Um, You know, I think that um, that is going to be something, you know, something that's going to continue to be important for everyone in the market. And then, you know, obviously, like you said, the Project 44 stuff and and Trucker Tools and a lot of those other companies, um, the visibility into, uh, you know, real time where your freight's at and, and where it's going. Obviously, that's always going to be impactful as well.
0: No, you're spot on craig and, and i think this is where this is where there's a, there's a lot a lot of players in the market to provide that visibility right you know in terms of where your freight is and, and i think we're um you know something that we try to tell a lot of folks is like listen we're not here to tell you how to run your business we're here to tell you what's going on in the market around you right um right, and, right. and i think there's a there's definitely a lot of a lot of value to be said for you know how do you stack up relative to what's going on in the market around you how competitive are you with the market what areas could you outperform the market and what areas are you really not suited to and you you need improvement? So I think that's exciting. Something you mentioned earlier, I wanna go back to, and let's go ahead and throw this up on the screen. We talk about imports a lot, right? Imports are a major driving factor for the US freight market, right? Or truckload market. Um, And and one thing that we have here, I think the estimate that often gets thrown around is somewhere between 65% of all truckload volume, particularly on the van side. comes via ship um to to the united states and what we have on the screen here is a tree map of the biggest growers and um and 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 smallest growers um, over the last year this is year over year ocean teu volume index all right Um, so um that's not to say that the port of richmond is bigger because it's in the top left and has the biggest box than and it's bigger than the port of Savannah or bigger than the port of LA. Uh, hardly at all. What this chart is saying is that relative to itself, Port of Richmond has grown the most. That's what it means. And year over year, Port of Richmond has grown 71%. I mean and, and I mean look at this here. Port of New Newark, New Jersey has grown 110%, which is unbelievable. I mean, that port is massive. Port of New York, New Jersey has grown 41%. Think about that. Port of New York, New Jersey is the third largest port in this country behind L.A. and Long Beach. And it's not far behind those two. Um, not like it used to be. It grew 41%. It caught up a lot. And I think it's, it's incredible the amount that some of these ports are growing. Savannah grew 30%. I mean, even L.A. grew almost 10%. Long Beach grew almost uh, 12%. And, again, this is just from one year ago where the imports were already elevated. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I look at this. There's Out of all of our major ports in the U.S., three of them shrunk year over year most of them, nearly all, experienced double-digit percentage point increases. In fact, all but two did not see double-digit percent increases. I mean, that is mind-boggling. That's a big demand crunch right there, is it not? Yeah, no, 100%.
1: And then, you know, I think uh, when you start to tie that into uh, the truckload demand and understanding, okay, if there's a, you know, 10% increase or if, Port of Charleston grows by what was it seventy percent, or yep. and Georgia's and the Savannah market's growing, and New York's growing, uh, the New York New Jersey market's growing. Then you start to think about okay, where do the trucks to service that freight? Where do they come from? Right? Where how do how does capacity get repositioned um, within the United States? Right? And uh, I think that's you know another aspect of um, some of the capacity crunch and, and the the rate yeah. increases that we're seeing on the on the uh, domestic truckload side is, you know, the repositioning of, of all these goods as as they're
0: coming into the United States. You know what I mean? No, I think you're spot on. And I, I want to go ahead and throw something up here, right? Before we do, before we throw it up yeah. on the screen, uh, there it is. So the um, one thing that I think is incredibly important is when we look at those imports, right? The port of New York and New Jersey it, it was exploding. Port of Newark uh, exploded. The port of Savannah exploded. A lot of these East Coast ports. And when I, a lot, when I talk to a lot of folks about capacity, like, I never want to go to the Northeast. It's terrible, right? Everything's all about Southern California. And don't get me wrong. Southern Cal is hot. 100% it is. Right. One of the hottest areas, that the, you know, in the entire United States. But the Northeast is actually, there's a capacity crunch there right now because there's been so much overflow from the ports of Southern Cal that have gone around and they've hit the port of New York, New Jersey. And some of them are hitting the port of San When we saw... 41% increase for the, for the nation's third largest port, 30% increase for the fourth largest port, Savannah. I mean, that those are massive numbers. You don't increase by that much in a year, and there's not not problems. And, and that, that has to move somewhere. It can't just sit at the port. And let's go ahead and look at this. Throw, throw this map up on the screen. I want to show this. So this is our headhaul index. Craig, I know you're familiar with this. I'm going to zoom in a little bit here around the northeast. The easiest way to read this map. Blue means there's, a, there's, there's not enough capacity to move the freight needed. Red means there's too much capacity to move the freight. In other words, red is a backhaul. Shippers don't need your truck. Blue, headhaul. Shippers need your truck. Simple as that. Um, North Jersey, Elizabeth, New Jersey, blue. Allentown, PA, blue. Harrisburg, blue. Even up here in Buffalo, blue. You get into, you know, some of the parts of Northern New York, Massachusetts and whatever, still a little bit red, you know, because th- those are still pretty heavy. But right there in kind of the, the middle or the bottom part of the Northeast, pretty tight. If I'm a truck, I might try to hit up Allentown, or I might try to hit up Harrisburg, PA. If I have a truck on that side, obviously, if I if I have a truck in in LA or Ontario, yeah, that's great. I mean, that's ideal. But going to these parts of the Northeast right now really are not a bad idea, and that I think that's where the power of sonar comes in, Craig. I mean, wouldn't you say? Yeah,
1: no, no, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, it's it's actually interesting. I was looking at uh, some of these charts before, you know, this this today, and you know, if you take Allentown. Harrisburg and the Newark market, and, and you actually throw Philadelphia in there. That's like ten percent cumulatively of the the outbound tenders in the United States coming from that little uh, that little section of of the country. And like you said, with the port volumes, if I were a truck using these maps, you know that that's a place where I would target regularly. Um, you know, and, and in theory, it all makes sense until. Um, you know, till there's a snowstorm, and um, <laughs> and I ninety five shuts down for a uh, for a few days, and you know it's it's a complete mess up there right now, probably. But uh, yeah, no, I I completely agree with you that uh, you know if I were a truck, I know there are some um, you know some challenges in moving in the Northeast. But as far as looking at volumes wise and looking for demand for your truck, that is going to be uh, you know like I said. Harrisburg, Allentown, that Newark market, those are always going to be markets where there's going to be great demand for your truck. You should be able to get a really good outbound rate. And and to your point, yes, that's, that's exactly, you know, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier as far as the visibility um, that Sonar provides is that, you know, helping you, helping trucks specifically understand where their, where their equipment is most valuable. Right. Right. So,
0: no, you're, you're spot on, right? Where is my truck going to be the most valuable today? Where is it in greatest need right. today? Um, yeah. you know, it, it's funny looking at this, right? Texas is a big market, but Texas is is, is consuming right now. They've got way too much capacity. They, they don't have a need. I mean, Dallas is tight, but that's about it. But everybody's going to deadhead into Dallas from Houston or from Austin or from right. Fort Worth. So there's not a lot of need. It's a very red state right now um, in terms of capacity, Very, very backhaul-like. Um, versus I think some other parts of the the southeast are kind of like the, that that little pocket of the northeast right between Savannah and Greenville and Atlanta are all very blue right now. And those ones, they kind of flip a little bit. Sometimes they're blue, really tight. Sometimes they flip red, a little bit of backhaul. But right now, it's all blue. And and I think a big driving factor of that is the port. And I'm excited to see for this year, I'm keeping a big eye on the ports. I think they they're the leading indicator. They've proved that time and time again for the last two years they've proved that the ports are the leading indicator for demand and we all know demand is the leading indicator for capacity so it'll be very interesting right. to see how that plays out craig what are you most excited for 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 2022 freight aside what are you excited for
1: freight aside what am i excited for um i uh i'm really excited you know completely off topic but i will say i'm really excited for my chicago bulls i will uh, i'm uh I'm a Chicago guy oh, cool. true, and uh, <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to throw that in there. It's been a long time since we've been good, so I can't say uh, the brag least. about my bears right now, so I'm going to throw in a, a cheap uh, Chicago Bulls plug. Go, go DeMar Rosen. For, hey, I like
0: DeMar it. Rosen. I like it. Hey, World <laughs> Series, are you a baseball fan? Because they won the World Series not too long ago. Was that six years ago? Uh, I,
1: I, I am a baseball fan. I don't like uh, – that team that you're talking about right now. Um, I do like the, the team that won the uh, world series in 05. So, but the, and the white Sox are looking good too. So thank you for that. Shameless plug as well.
0: Thank you. There you that. go. No problem. That Well, Craig, it's been an absolute <laughs> pleasure having you on the show. We're getting right here towards the end of our show today. So uh, pleasure as always for those watching, we'll see you again next week, Wednesday, live 3:30 PM. Thanks for watching as always with Sonar. And if you have questions, reach out to myself or Craig on LinkedIn, and we'll get you taken care of. Have a fantastic rest of your day.